The Morning Jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Well, happy Wednesday morning to you. It is the Morning Jam, and we want you to keep our numbers handy this morning. 866-916-3776. That's our toll-free number, and uh, we'd love to hear from you this morning. we got a lot to talk about, that's for sure. Here's your thought of the day. Don't be discouraged. It's often the very last key in the bunch that finally opens up that lock. Just keep that in mind as you're halfway through your work week. Our text number is 434-248-0704. We give you that because we like for you to text in and play along with our Mind Jam trivia. Got to get those brainwaves moving a little bit. Uh, Today we're talking about coffee again. I've been in a real coffee frame of mind. Um, This particular type of coffee was invented in the 40s, but it didn't make its way to America until 1952. We want to know... What style of coffee are we talking about? Text us, 434-248-0704. I don't think I realized how very many types of coffee there was out there. Although, I guess I should look at a, you know, coffee shop board and then I would see. But uh, this one was invented in the 40s. Didn't come to America until 1952. So, you want to give us a guess And uh, we'll play along with that in just a little bit. Uh, On this day in history, in 1819, University of Virginia is chartered by the Commonwealth of Virginia. Thomas Jefferson, one of its founders there. In 1924, the first Winter Olympic Games opens in France. Are you a Winter Olympics person or a Summer Olympics person? Both. See, I like Winter Olympics. I think it's the figure skating, maybe. That, that's not even what figure skating that's yes. not the best event get out of here as a as a as a little girl though that's what oh. i was fascinated with Still although i always event. loved the gymnastics and like the my mom sledding, my mom and loves when they would the do gymnastics. the skiing and then then they would like you know something tragic the best at the end. winter olympic event is curling and it's not close is that a joke no that is the most boring what are you talking about there's so much Mm, it's curling. <laughs> okay, I'm shocked by your answer. And then the um, you think curling the heptathlon or whatever is it, I think that's you what think it's curling is more exciting to watch than figure skating. Yes. I, I have no words. Okay, all right. It's your opinion, and you are welcome to it. Everybody's got one. Uh, in 1964, the Beatles get their first U.S. number one song. Say that. And then in 1970, the, uh, well, I mean, it was a comedy, but it was a dark one for sure. The film MASH, directed by Robert Altman, starring Donald Sutherland and Elliot Gould, based on the novel by Richard Hooker, premieres in uh, 1970. Of course, it spurred the uh, TV show, which was kind of different, but still had a great deal of success for both of those. And that was on this day in history. 
I got some birthdays today. Not a ton of them, but a few. Singer Alicia Keys is turning 42 years old today. She is ridiculously beautiful. Like I was I was watching the videos I was doing the the clips and stuff yesterday and I thought good lord that woman she is a pretty girl. Uh actress Dinah Manoff is having a birthday today. She's turning 66 years old. Uh, she was in Soap, she was in Empty Nest and of course she was Marty in Grease. Hey Marty, are those new glasses? Oh yeah, just gone for school. Don't you think they make me look smarter? Nah, you can still see your face. <laughs> There you go. Uh, and then we have guitarist Matt Odemark of Jars of Clay having a birthday today, turning 48 years old. But if I can swim after 40 days in my mind, is crushed by the crashing waves that be up so high that I cannot fall if me Well, we're getting some interesting guesses with our uh, Mind Jam trivia. We're talking coffee today, and there was a particular type of coffee that uh, was invented in the 40s, but it didn't make its way to America until 1952. And uh, we are getting some guesses, including uh, Irish coffee. Somebody said Irish coffee. That's a good guess. Uh, Decaf. Uh, Johnny sent me one that I don't even know. I can't even pronounce that one. It's not that because I can't pronounce that. Whatever it is. Do you have a guess? I heard it. Oh, okay. All right. These are one of the few days I heard the answer. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, look at you being honest. Some days I listen to it on the, like, I'll, if I'm, when I'm editing some things or I'm overhearing you get ready in the morning with right. it, I'll hear it. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to have the answer uh, coming up in a little bit. It's interesting to me how some of these things get invented. For example, this one was invented um, on on planes. It was invented. The the coffee sense. was was invented on a plane. Uh, and uh, I, which I never thought, thought it would be decaf. I feel like decaf would be something more modern. Like you need like I don't know when decaf came to be. And I'm really not sure what the well, point of it is. Well, you just spoiled that it's not decaf huh? is the answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cappuccino, somebody guessed. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know when decaf, and decaf isn't the answer, but it was a good guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not really sure. I, apparently, they shock the beans or something, and that's how they get the caffeine out of them. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. Uh, we've got quite a few things that we're going to cover this morning, including um, another heated uh, council meeting last night in Lynchburg. Uh, tension's still running a little bit high there. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Chris Feraldi is going to join us by phone because he's driving to Richmond uh, today. So we'll ask him some My questions home. about that. And you're going to be excited because... Uh, something a little sweet's going to be rolling in to the studio a little bit later this morning. Yes, I think I don't pe- know what it is. I think people are going to come bearing gifts. There's a new. Have they traveled afar? Um, no, I don't think they've. I think they're traveling from a near. Actually, I Got think it. they're. I think they've opened up pretty close to us. Um, the folks from Nothing But Cakes 
is going to be. Ooh, I've passed them on my way by. home. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, they've got so if you hear this noise during... That's me. They've got their grand opening coming up on Friday. And they got some pretty cool things that they're doing on Friday and Saturday. So uh, we'll talk about all of that coming up in a little bit as well. Uh, also, I'm pretty excited because I found out... I'm pretty excited about a Super Bowl story. How about that? That never happens for me. Yeah. Of course, I'm excited because I found out who's singing the national, national anthem. anthem. But hey, it everybody gets hey, excited about different things. If you think I'm going to be in, if the Eagles win on Sunday, it's going to be I'm going to be insufferable. Well, I'm going to watch it regardless because the Chris good Stapleton, news is Chris Stapleton is doing the uh, national. The anthem, good news is so. you're on vacation the Monday after, right? So if the Eagles are in it and they win. I don't have to get up early. Oh. Oh, there you go. I don't have to, because that would be a, that'd be dangerous. If you had to drive in on no sleep? Probably. Yes. Uh, Gizmo said, when I was in Colombia, they soaked the beans in something that smelled like kerosene to decaffeinate them. Oh, no. That's not good. Uh, Somebody else said, French press, but then there's espresso. Either way, coffee is better than uh, is better with bourbon than it is alone. Let me guess who that was. <laughs> who was that? Bear. Yeah, <laughs> that was Bear. We're going to have the answer coming up. Happy Wednesday to you. Hope you're having a great one so far. And uh, we look forward to spending this Wednesday with you on the Morning Jam. Three little birds out on my window And they told me I don't need to worry Summer came like cinnamon, so sweet Little girls double dutch on the concrete Hungry for some truth with a side of common sense? You want answers? Then you found the right choice. We are the Morning Jam. There you go. There's your clue for our uh, answer to our mind. Jump in the morning <laughs> to you. Mm. Now that's your kind of coffee right there, is uh, Irish whiskey. That was our Mind Jam trivia. Uh, This particular type of coffee was invented in the 40s, but didn't make it to America until 1952. We ask you, you know, what coffee we were talking about, and... uh, and we did have a listener who got it right. We're talking about Irish coffee. Apparently, it was uh, invented by a bartender on a plane for some people that were pretty upset that they had missed their flight. So, there you go. And uh, then when he moved to the States, he brought that recipe along with him. The most Irish coffees ever sold was sold at the, the pub in San Francisco where the man worked. When the 49ers were playing the Super Bowl. Makes sense. Evidently. So, here's a little trivia for you. Uh, I do love me some good fiddle music, so it was nice to be able to get that in. Uh, We have got a show that's going to, I want to mention this real quick. Uh, On March the 11th, we're doing another show at Second Stage 
Theater. Uh, that's going to be in Amherst. We did one at Christmas time. Uh, this one is is going to be you know different from that show. We did uh, get a grant from uh, the Appalachian Arts folks, so we're going to be uh, we've got a live band that's going to be coming in and being a part of that. So we're going to have fiddles and mandolins and guitars and all kinds of great music. Going to be talking a lot about the ballads of the Appalachian and and songs that were passed down, the stories behind them. A lot of murder ballads. I've been writing this show. There are so many. I guess before there was Dateline, there was, you know, ballads. And some of them are pretty gory. In a world. Oh, my gosh. It's just, yeah, that's right. Everything seemed perfect until it wasn't. But, yeah, most of them are are about murders and adultery and, yeah. So we're gonna have we're gonna have some fun with it too. There's also some funny ballads and stuff that we're gonna be uh, working in. Salty's very excited about this show, uh, and then we're doing a 1940s drama uh, during the last part of the show. So tickets will go on sale pretty quickly. Something else that we're doing before the show is we're having a poor man's supper beforehand. So from like four to five thirty on March the 11th, uh, for five bucks you can come in and get your poor man's supper, which is basically uh brown beans or white beans cornbread fried potatoes and onions and then you get your um your tea your sweet tea which is a classic poor man's supper so we're gonna have some fun with that as well if you want to find out more about that show at second stage that's coming in just for a a night of it's a show the whole family can come watch we're going to record it live and uh and then edit it for radio and give you a chance to to hear it back and you can be literally a part of the show if you want more information on it just shoot me your uh, email we'll get you on an email list for all the shows that are going to be coming up in 2023 Uh, text it to me at 434-248-0704 and we will do that coming up we are going to be talking with chris feraldi from uh, the city of lynchburg about last night's city council meeting so um the two big topics of the evening seem to be uh real estate taxes to the handling of some um, sexually explicit content in the city schools. So we're, uh, we're going to talk about that coming up in a little bit. Um, and, of course, you know, cutting those taxes was something that a lot of those council members did run on. And so they're, you know, they're wanting things to, to happen there so we'll get an update from from chris and have a few questions for him if there's a question you want me to ask him you can text it to me and i will uh i'll get it over to you very very shortly also another story and i think kimberly is going to be covering this in uh, a little bit is the story of uh, a young man who has been arrested in connection to the 2021 family dollar shooting death and he was affiliated with these uh, deaths at the local apartments in Lynchburg just recently. So uh, we got a caller going to go to the line now. Good morning. You're on the morning jam. Hi. Hello. You're on the air or not. Um, hung up. Okay. Do you know who it was? It was Alan. Okay. Um, so we'll talk about this story. A 23 year old uh, Markeem Devante dance of Lynchburg. Um, has been arrested in connection uh, to the homicide that took place in 21 with 23-year-old Erica Jade Boykin. My question is, why why was he out to begin with? 
And, I mean, was he on the lam? And they, or had he been released? And why, there's a lot of questions with this one. Uh, Because, again, he was charged in connection to the shootings at Timber's Apartments. That took place just recently on the 18th of this month. And that incident injured four people. Now, thankfully, now he is being held without bond at Blue Ridge Regional Jail. Um, But none of the stories that I'm reading are addressing why he was out to begin with. And, you know, we can talk about the police all we want to. But if we're, you know, capturing these people and then just releasing them, Again, what is the point? And we see that going on in other parts of the country, but, you know, nobody expects it to happen in their own backyard. My question is, is that, is that what happened? And I don't know that it is. Maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe there's more to this story. Maybe he was out and they've been looking for him and this was just a way uh, that they were finally able to, to catch him. But I know Kimberly has that story that she's working on and uh, a few others as well. Uh, that she's going to share with us. LPD uh, making that arrest. State Dems are proposing an amendment for reproductive freedom, and the House subcommittee is looking to roll back some of the recent voting reform. So she's going to tell us about all those stories, and we'll take a look at your forecast, too. Looks like it's going to be rainy today, which I don't love, uh, and a little bit chilly, so you'll need to plan for that for sure. Um. We've got uh, some big-name Democrats who are firing back after Speaker McCarthy. They're saying that he's keeping them off some committees. They're calling it political vengeance. Well, that's how it works, isn't it? I mean, is it that the way it works? Is that what Pelosi did? Pretty sure it is. Uh, Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, and... Ian Omar were stripped of their committee assignments by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. They've accused him of political vengeance in a statement that they made last evening after he again blocked their appointments. Um, the Adam Schiff said, It's disappointing but not surprising that McCarthy has catapulted into the right wing of his caucus, undermining the integrity of the Congress and harming our national security in the process. It always cracks me up when they start making these statements when they were doing exactly the same thing when their folks were in charge. So it's uh, it's almost like wrestling. It almost reminds me of, of wrestling. When they get up there and they do their little speeches and they thump their chest and and their they promos. talk their smack and all that. Their costumes just aren't as nice. Uh, the statement is the latest exchange in an ongoing tiff between uh, McCarthy and the three Democrats after he moved them from choice committee assignments after the Republicans took over the majority uh, and he was elected speaker, which was not a smooth process, as we all recall. So uh, don't think they're going to change their uh, change his mind with any of that, but we'll see. Back back on the line. Okay. So we'll have Chris Feraldi coming up here, uh, coming up after the the break. So we'll reach out to him uh, for that in just a little bit. Um, the Republicans said that. Um, this was the statement that he made about this. It says, as such, in order to maintain a standard 
uh, worthy of this committee's responsibilities. I'm rejecting the appointments of Representative Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, uh, to serve on the Intelligence Committee. It is my assessment that the misuse of this panel during the 116th and 117th Congresses severely undermined its primary national security and oversight missions, ultimately leaving our nation left safe. So he did get a few digs in there. McCarthy alleges that Swalwell's prior relationship with the suspected Chinese spy, I mean, that's a valid point. In addition to Omar's outspoken criticism of Israel, would keep them off the committees. I don't think you could argue with that. I mean, there were a lot of people that thought they never should have even been on those committees. So if you have an opinion on that, feel free to call us, 866-916-3776, and uh, we'll be glad to hear you out. In the meantime, we're going to go to WDBJ7, check in on your headlines, check in on your weather, and then we'll be back with Chris Feraldi uh, with the city of Lynchburg as he fills us in on the, uh, the meeting that they had, the council meeting that they had last night in Lynchburg. All that's coming up here on The Morning Jam. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. A cold rain moves in today. Look for highs only in the upper 30s. We'll turn breezy heading into the overnight with that rain tapering off. Lows at 36. Thursday, mostly sunny, blustery. Highs at 48 with a low of 28 degrees Thursday night. And on Friday, a mostly sunny day, but it is going to be chilly. Expecting daytime highs around 44 degrees with lows in the upper 20s. And currently, we've got some uh, chilly temperatures out there this morning. Danville has 37 degrees, and the rain has already started there. Uh, Lynchburg is 35 with rain. Bedford, rain's coming, 36 degrees. Uh, Same thing for Roanoke and Salem. the uh, Amherst area, 34 degrees. Uh, They're expecting to see some snow in that area and also in Appomattox 35 degrees and some uh, mixed precipitation coming into that area as well well it's Wednesday that means last night was Tuesday and another uh, Lynchburg City Council meeting uh, I was hoping the the tensions had cooled down a little bit for this one I'm not sure that that it was perhaps it was some better we're going to find out from somebody who was actually there uh chris feraldi our vice mayor joining us this morning uh on the phone as he is driving to richmond this morning hi how are you doing chris good morning janet i uh doing doing all right driving back to work in richmond uh for those who don't know i work in the general assembly as a staff member there so heading back there to, to get back to work doing what i can there too but yeah last night was city council um before we get into that just want to throw it out there i do not have any classified documents don't need the fbi (laughs) to come to my place everyone else 
just so you're aware, I I, I guarantee that. Do you I'm, have a I'm Corvette? That's that's uh, my question. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if I had a Corvette right now, I would not be, A, driving back to Richmond, and B, I would not be on the phone <laughs> talking about city council. I'd probably be in the Caribbean somewhere. So, That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, yeah, so, no, uh, last night we had a, a few items, uh, three that I think were really uh, of most importance. One related to property taxes in Lynchburg, the second about uh, concealed weapon carry permits, right. and, and three um, explicit materials in Lynchburg City Schools and how uh, council thinks uh, the school board should entertain that. So those are the three big items, at least from my perspective, that uh, happy to talk about and, okay. and edu- help educate your listeners. Well, let's talk uh, first about taxes because that's something you've been on the show talking about for yep. you know a long time, wanting to get those um, those property taxes uh, returned back to the citizens and and get those taxes cut. Where do we stand there? Yeah. So. Uh, you, you nailed it, uh, Janet. Simply put, there were uh, dollars budgeted through um, allocations in the budget to say these are where we're investing tax dollars and so on and so forth a couple years back, but it also associated an increase in property taxes um, to the tune of about $4.8 million or more. And now, as I've talked about on your show many occasions, looking back, we see that that really wasn't needed. Just in the additional revenue category alone, also known as uh, surplus, there was $14 million in that pot. Uh, if you look at the total surplus for the city, it's upwards of $40, $45 million uh, in last year's budget. I mean, it, it, exuberant amount of funds, clearly showing these dollars weren't needed to be uh, increased in property taxes. So the discussion, once council uh, flipped to a Republican majority, is now how do we best get those dollars back? There's two perspectives. One is to do it immediately with a retroactive um, action to it, meaning set the rate to way lower. Dollar uh, three has been thrown around as opposed to a dollar eleven, or ninety-nine cents as opposed to a dollar eleven. Um, the attempt there is to to offset the dollars mid-budget, mid-term, and halfway through the uh, fiscal year. And there are some benefits to that. Uh, doing it immediately, quote unquote does have some extra caveats per state code that make it challenging, but it is an option. So why does that make to, it challenging? We would have to open up the budget to a budget amendment, okay. um, do a full public hearing, um, in addition to uh, you know getting all the documents together and, and get you know what the amended budget would look like. So there's there's that perspective. There's there's pr- then there's this perspective of what council uh, affirmed last night through our vote on a actually a very strong bipartisan basis. Uh, the majority of Republicans, as well as the two Democrat and independents, uh, voted to direct City Hall to cre- uh, create uh, or isolate, find three key things, creative, effective, and legal term uh, means to accommodate tax relief with the associated increase to the property tax in the upcoming budget. Doing it through the upcoming budget means everything's clean. You don't have to uh, go back and, and look at a previous budget while you're also building out next year's budget. Um, it, it affords us the ability to say, this was the total increase. This is what we have right now. And we can offset that and make up for it in a clear way. That could be done through a multitude of, of re- ways in my mind. 
property tax credit. It could go through in as uh, a one t- uh, one-time credit on on water bills, for example, where you know if your property taxes went up two hundred fifty dollars, well now you get two hundred fifty dollar credit on your water bill. I think that's a, a viable option. Um, lowering personal property taxes, meals taxes. There are things we can do in the upcoming budget planning ahead rather than looking back, all while using the, the, the mistakes of a previous council to direct our decisions moving forward. That's where council landed by a 5-2 vote last night with three Republicans and, and two Democrats uh, leaning independents to direct uh, City Hall in that direction. So let me ask you this. Um, Councilman Hegelson said... And I think this is where people get confused. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jeff said there's a $43 million in surplus sitting there. It should have been easy and unanimous to vote to give the money back to the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. So when a taxpayer sees that, they're like, why are we playing these other games? Jeff says it's yeah. easy to give it back. So, so why isn't it easy? Well, it's it's because it's not that easy. Right. The truth the truth of the matter is this. That's one perspective of doing it. You can, but then there's extra work and and labor that has to go into figuring out what does the amended budget look like, associated public hearings, ordinances and resolutions. That takes time in and of itself. Uh, if we weren't going into budget conversations for the fiscal year 24 budget, like we're about to do in the, literally in less than 2 weeks, then that would probably be a viable option. But we're about to step into budget planning for an upcoming fiscal year. It makes more sense in my mind to do it all on the same conversation with the, with the dollars for one budget as opposed to looking at two or three budgets all at the same time. Um, I, I understand Jeff's proposal. I think it's a valid one. I lean towards doing it in a proper order that says we're going to go through all of this on one uh, plate as opposed to multiple. Okay. All right. I just I just want I just want people to understand perspectives when it comes to this. Yeah. Um because, but, but they, you know because they do get frustrated. Oh I know they yeah. do and, and, and there's a lot of information coming. Here's the bottom line. Just because I have a different tactic, method or or means of accommodating this tax break or even broader tax relief doesn't mean it's not coming. That's coming. And you can take that to the bank. It's going to be there, and uh, I look forward to working with my all of council to find those options. Right. And again, I want to stress this. This motion passed with the majority of Republicans voting for it, as well as uh, bipartisan support from council members Dolan and Wilder. Um, so if... If you'd like to keep talking about that, I'd be happy to. No, I think no, I think we've addressed I think we've addressed that, and I think sure. that is a good thing. I think that's a, yeah. a good sign. Um, I agree. Let's let's talk uh, briefly about this um, this letter that has been constructed to send to the city schools mm-hmm. as far as the handling of sexually explicit content. Uh, some are saying that this is an overreach by council. That's not their job. They need to focus mm. on their job. Um, and then others are taking the stand that, you know, we've got to do something at, at this point um, because yeah. too much of this wokeness is coming into our city schools. Well, a couple things to consider. Yes, it is not, quote, unquote, our purview. However, uh, city council holds the purse strings. We, we have a vested interest in the success and the direction of Lynchburg City Schools. Um, seeing as currently uh, 
school board members are appointed by council members and not elected by the general public, something I, I adamantly believe should change, I think it's a, incumbent upon us to, when issues arise um, in public dialogue or of importance, that we should address the school board in, in a strong way about what we think as, as those who hold the purse strings. What happened last night was uh, council directed uh, the, the mayor, similar to what happened with, with the manager on the tax issue, uh, directed the mayor to draft a letter and, and communicate to the school board that we want to make sure that parents are put at the forefront of the conversation, not the back end. In other words, we want them to have to have an opt-in policy, not an opt-out. And, and uh, one public commenter made a, an interesting argument, and I, I thought it was, and I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, it was, it was, a, it was a good argument. He started reading from, from uh, a, a fairly uh, sexually uh, involved story or seeming uh, piece of work. Song and I, of as Solomon. a pastor's kid, I knew exactly where it was going as yeah. a pastor's kid, and it was Song of Solomon. Right. And uh, the comment was, you know, you know, if I'm an atheist, do I want my child... Uh, re- reading the Holy Scripture, and I said, "That's for you and your family to figure out." Right. And that kind of proves my point. Um, that uh, or not my point, but now councils, um, the five Republicans came together and, and voted that the mayor should should draft this letter, and I know she'll get to work on that right away and communicate it. I would also note that uh, I had conversations over the weekend with with school board members, wrote them myself, and and it's my understanding that the school board is in fact. Uh, interested in revisiting it and and taking this perspective in. So I I think we're making positive uh, steps on that front to ensure parents are at the forefront of this conversation more than anything else. Right. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was an interesting take as well. But the the thing about it is, um, if you require an opt in, at least the parents are aware of of the situation that's going on. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and that has to stand for something. You know, yeah, it certainly does. We appreciate you uh, sitting in with us and kind of getting us an overview of last night's meeting. Uh, We're going to let you go so you can carry on with your uh, with your day job. And thanks again for joining us on the morning jam. Very briefly, Janet, just want to let you know, Lynchburg also passed uh, removing the local fee on the concealed carry permits. And that that makes Lynchburg have only fifteen dollars. And that's the state fee to get your concealed weapon permit in Lynchburg. And, and, and that, that's probably one of the most competitive in the state. So really pleased that we passed that last night, too. So that, Thank did, you so much, that did get done. All right. Yep, Very good. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on the Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and Dine is brought to you by our friends at FNL Market. They're on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg, cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day and working hard to keep their prices low. Couple of things you need to know about. FNL has uh, grade A large eggs, $3.99 a dozen. There is a limit for per customer, but they do have that going on as of today. Also, chicken thighs, 98 cents a pound. Yes, please. I'll take that. Uh, and I'll tell you, if you use today's recipe, you may not go back to chicken breast. Uh, I was a little late to the game where it comes to the appreciation of chicken thighs. Thanks to all my uh, Food Network watching, it kind of converted me a little bit. Uh, We're going to make a delicious oven-baked chicken thigh today. Preheat your oven to 425, and then you're going to uh, prepare your chicken with this amazing 
Um, well, it's kind of a cross between a rub and a marinade, I, I guess. Uh, you're going to start by seasoning your uh, two pounds of chicken thighs, bone in, skin on, uh, salt and pepper. And then you're going to make this sauce out of two tablespoons of olive oil, a tablespoon of whole grain Dijon mustard, a tablespoon of regular mustard, two tablespoons of honey, six cloves of minced garlic. Yes, I said six. And it doesn't overpower it, I promise you. And then a fourth of a teaspoon of red pepper flakes. Um, whisk all the ingredients together. Pour that sauce over the thighs. Toss them very well. Then you're going to transfer the thighs to a 9 by 13 inch baked dish, including any remaining sauce. Just put it up in there. You don't even have to grease the dish because of the olive oil that's in the marinade. And then you're going to bake it in that hot oven for about 35 minutes. The uh, chicken thighs will have an internal temperature of 165. The skin is going to get beautiful and crispy. Transfer the chicken to a serving plate. Uh, tint it with aluminum foil and let it rest for about 10 minutes. And that'll give you time to make whatever side dish you want, whether it's some nice broccoli or asparagus, maybe a baked potato. Super delicious. Check it out. Chicken thighs, 98 cents a pound at FNL. Get the recipe by going to Facebook. Type in Janet's Five and Dine. And it's brought to you by FNL Market, where their meats are a cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the morning jam. The morning jam. Doesn't matter where I hang my hat, it's home to me. The Blue Ridge Mountains set me free. It's where I want to be, living in the sweet Virginia breeze. A little Robin Thompson this sweet morning. Robbie Thompson. I think that's right. Is that right? Robbie or Robin? Robin. Robin. Uh, great song. Paying homage to uh, our beloved Virginia. And there is a, a new article that's come out talking about the seven most underrated towns in the Commonwealth. And uh, we're going to talk about those this morning. Ab- Abingdon is uh, is on the list. Of course, Abingdon is in southwest Virginia. Uh, that's near where I was raised up uh it is a beautiful little town no doubt about that and they've got 20 blocks of historic buildings and old architecture and museums and art galleries there uh so i would definitely agree with that entry that uh, abingdon is is a beautiful yet underrated town in virginia chicoteek made the list uh only virginia's only resort island uh, if you haven't been to Chicoteague, it's definitely worth a visit. I have been there, and I love it. Another one that surprised me a little bit was Coburn, Virginia, uh, another wonderful underrated town. It's located in the southwest part of the state, and it's uh, a great place if you love the natural beauty of Virginia. Uh, it's near the Jefferson National Forest, has a ton of hiking trails and pathways, and uh, if that's what you love, then you would probably love Coburn. Culpeper also made the list uh, of a town that's often overlooked, but it is a beautiful small town with a lot to offer visitors and locals alike. Um, Architectural Digest once called it the prettiest town in Virginia. Damascus made the list uh, as well. Luray made the list. And uh, it's in the Shenandoah Valley and is a beautiful place if you're looking to explore, you know, outdoors. Of course, Loray Caverns is there. And then uh, number seven on the list was Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, which is rising in popularity among charming small towns in the United States. 
due to its rich history, old architecture, and its uh, true sense of charm and its welcoming people at the five colleges and universities, Blue Ridge Mountains, James River, uh, all of that. So, very good. That's uh, neat that Lynchburg made made that list. We'll put that link up on our Facebook page. Let's go to our phone lines now. We've got uh, somebody on the line. Line one, good morning. Hey, Janet, good morning. Hey, how hey, are uh, you? Those chicken thighs work good in a slow cooker with some barbecue sauce. You can make some shredded pork. I mean, like S- shredded, shredded chicken. pork, but yeah. it's shredded chicken. Yeah. Yeah. But, 98 uh, cents a pound. Anyway. That's pretty good. Yeah, and they're good, and I've been using them for a while, uh, the boneless ones. And uh, I just wanted to, I heard your uh, interview with that doctor yesterday about the vaccine. To me, you need an opposing view, because like my doctor in Lynchburg, she doesn't agree with the, the vaccines, and my dentist don't agree with the vaccines. So there are a lot of medical professionals who don't agree with the vaccine. And, and actually, Robert Malone created the vaccine, and he's, not. And I so mean, did you, you not talk to your doctor air. before you got your vaccine? I did, and she didn't recommend me taking it, but I did it anyway. Really? She said that's your decision. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, because I because I did talk to I talked to mine as, as well. Um, well, mine's more into uh, you know natural cures and stuff like that, and she's a prominent doctor in Lynchburg, so you know. But uh, well, send me your information. My, my I'm happy to talk to her. My dentist, my dentist don't agree with it, even, uh, you know, and I mean, there's a lot of medical professionals, and Dr. Robert Malone lives right here in Charlottesville, because I just saw he put something about how awesome Virginia is on his Twitter, but Robert Malone is saying, um, and Dr. McCullough, both of those are got credibility. Um, well, the bottom line is, say, though, now, Alan, you've, got, you've had the shot at this point, talking about not getting it is not but I'm worried about it, Janet. I'm worried I'm I'm worried about it, Janet, because well. my I took the Johnson and Johnson, I took the non MRNA vaccine. But we have to look at the evidence. I mean, all over the conservative media, Blaze, Daily Wire, all of them are reporting these people killing over, you know, like twenty five and thirty years old and stuff. So it's it's a story that's out in the conservative media and you can actually say stuff against the vaccine now on facebook and they don't say they don't put you in facebook jail they were doing it before they put me in jail for it you know before but i i yes i took the vaccine but i'm i'm worried about it and this is a valid argument i but before we couldn't say anything about the wuhan lab either on facebook but now we can say this but you know i'm just saying a lot of this covid nonsense like the Ivy Macton has now proven to be true. Um, a lot of it seems like a lot of BS, but, and I, you know, I can disagree with you on it. Absolutely. Man, you agree. Man, you agree 95% of the time. So, what, what I don't but, want people to do, Alan, this is what worries me, is people mm-hmm. get so far down that rabbit trail that they miss the forest for the trees. If you start distrusting your doctor in general, uh, if, for example, you right. have doctor friends like I have and my doctor who who recommended 
that I had that done and then you stop going and, and going to your doctor you know what we know for a fact is happening is that people are not getting their checkups they're not being diagnosed with things that are preventable that will prevent but why why diseases. are they but why are they doing that I do it I go to the doctor and get my checkup. I don't know why, why they're, they're not, not doing it? it but they're not doing it and we're missing out on heart medications and blood pressure medications and things that are vital for some people to be healthy. And they right, want to worry right, about I'm... the COVID vaccine, and yet they want to eat out with fast food every day. They don't exercise. And so right. there, it's, it, there's a, a combined story here, for sure. we yeah, got to go I, to break, Alan. Thank uh, you, Jenna. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. we got CBS News next. You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville.